Welcome everybody back to the Domcast episode 55. This is the first one of the offseason. Told y'all pretty much all offseason I will be having guests of different teams around the league coming on. And which better way to kick off the offseason than with what used to be a podcast regular and Warriors fan NBA storyteller fresh off of a now fourth championship. This is a hell of a way to make a comeback. Welcome. Welcome back. We've missed you. I appreciate it. I, I'm just a fan. I don't I don't say we I'm not part of the team. I'm just a fan. <laughs> it's not my championship. But uh, it feels great, though. It does feel great. This one felt I was relieved this time. Yeah, we're definitely going to uh, 100% going to get into those because that's really like I, I honestly wanted you on like as close as possible to that championship like i wanted to get like the next day but yeah i've been busy you've been busy so um you know i had to let the last podcast breathe breathe anyway so we're definitely going to get into a lot of warrior stuff mainly you know this championship and then what's next for them i think that's really important because i've probably done like four warriors podcasts now in the last month covering these finals so 100 percent mm-hmm. going to uh you know get into all of that but before we do well first of all i'm about to completely Read my regular intro, guys. This podcast it is on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it is on YouTube. So feel free to rate it if you enjoy these. Like button on YouTube helps. Uh, the stars on Spotify have been helping, I think. Anyways, I, I'm not clear on if it actually does anything, but it feels good. It goes, goes to your head. The stars <laughs> <Yeah>. help. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like it's it's you know they're like, hey, the show is five stars and there's a bunch of ratings there, but I don't know if it actually moves it on the algorithm or not. But whatever. Second so. second like kindergarten getting stars on your, your little like spelling tests and whatnot like is it actually re- uh, that's probably relevant in the long run anyways we are actually gonna start i'm gonna try since i've done so many warriors podcasts i'm gonna kind of we're gonna try to start with what's relevant here and then we'll kind of you know wrap up by talking about golden state but th- i guess this is kind of relevant to golden state in a way it'll probably end up seeping its way in because as far as we know this is being recorded on draft night by the way june 23rd the nets are about to implode another Kyrie team is about to uh hit the shitter and if Kyrie leaves that likely means kd leaves so if you guys have been living under a rock it's basically what i said in the maybe the very first video i made this season i made a video with Kyrie and what was going on with the with the vax and whatnot and the question i asked even throughout the season on this podcast i asked what is going to happen with Kyrie and Brooklyn because they're not talking about his contract. It's being shoved under the table. Everyone's just assuming he's going to resign. And now we've got it on official sources. He's probably about to, well, it's going to be a sign injury because he needs help to get to where he wants to go. So yeah, he's basically out of here, kind of how I'd been asking y'all if y'all thought anything about that all season. Well, here we are. Um, Kyrie and Brooklyn is probably no more, which means eventually KD and Brooklyn will be no more. Story, I don't even know for you storyteller like what type of thoughts you have about this at all or if you have any this involves um you know a former warrior which is i guess that's not really that important here but any thoughts you have on this situation in brooklyn and how this might look going forward because this is this is so fresh and so weird i don't even have like trade proposals in my head or anything right now but i will let you take it where you want it and i'll just kind of bounce off of that here 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 we are, right? That's what you said. Because we are individually, KD, Kyrie, and the Nets. This is exactly what was supposed to happen. Of course, it was going to happen like this. <laughs> so, if you thought that's what was so rare about it was was there a little bit of a, a beat, a little heartbeat 
the chance for them to break through and win it all real quick. Because there's no way this was going to last. Nobody honestly thought there was going to be seven years later and everybody's still just hooping in Brooklyn. That's not, it wasn't going <laughs> to ever happen. The question was how many were they were, how many championships could they have real quick, you know? Mm-hmm. That's basically what we watched not happen. So everything else is still on time. 80s, doubt, <laughs> Irie, like he just, he, I know that, I know that individual. Uh, and he's never settled. You're never going to settle in one place. So you just, I don't know why people don't, I mean, some people clearly see it, but it's clear there's an openness and an availability to move around the NBA at this point in time. So somebody who wants to, you can do that now. And sure, it looks bad occasionally when you insist on certain things or you don't want to do any, you don't want to get vaccinated, whatever it is. And, and, and there are clearly conflicts, but option is there now and players know it so i like it i'm fine with that as long as people show up and Kyrie's still figuring that part out i think so anyway individually this is exactly where we were supposed to be and so what you're, you're saying you've thought like from the time this happened in 2019 you always kind of thought it was going to be a short-term thing because katie had essentially picked Kyrie irving as his, his partner for the future and you were just kind of like oh yeah this will this isn't going to last, basically, is where you were. It was so uh, flippant, right? It was so immediate. <laughs> it was like, let's just go to Brooklyn, right? Let's just go there and see what, let's build a legacy of our, a dynasty of our own, whatever it was. It just seemed kind of like uh, ridiculous um, to begin with. Like there was no seriousness to begin with. <laughs> they were just fucking around to begin with. And that's what happened. But they hoped they could just a couple of championships real quick and we all knew that right you didn't what how long did you give it really you know i i didn't know for sure because when it happened obviously that was kd There's nothing surprising about this <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because that's what that's what some of my mentions look like you know uh i tweeted about it earlier and i talked about like oh this is going to be a the nets are going to be a, a fun story to tell about how it didn't work and then somebody put under that tweet they were like katie and, and Kyrie on the same team or three guys they said something about katie Kyrie, and hard and they were like oh i wonder how it didn't work now i do think it's a little less simple than that i think a lot of things a lot of bad things all happened at the same time but I would also just to answer your question, like in 2019, I had no clue, man. Um, that was at the time the super team had just ended because KD left Golden State and Klay Thompson had gotten hurt. And so you had LeBron and AD joining up. Yeah, Kawhi and PG. I get a league of duos. So I it didn't think that it was at all a sure thing that the Nets were going to win one. I thought they had a great chance. I I, I will be clear. I thought Kyrie and KD was for sure going to see at least a finals, but Again, that's where some of the complications come in with injuries, with vaccines, like you said. Nobody knew a, a world class pandemic was coming. And I think world obviously class. that ended up uh yeah, that obviously ended up affecting things. But I never even asked you about that. Just since we're on that topic, with KD leaving Golden State, like what was your because he left Golden State to go to the Nets with Kyrie. You, you, you know you're saying it wasn't surprising at all. You thought it was just gonna you know, eventually it was something that was eventually going to be over. But did you have like, what, what reaction did you have to KD leaving at that time? Was it just kind of like a thing that had run its course? You, they won a couple of championships. Everyone got injured to hell. This ran its course. Uh, they needed to win a different type of championship anyways. Was that uh, was that your reaction to it or did you care? I don't, I don't know. 
Man, that's a tough one because I, I want to be. It, it's hard to deflect. Like every every narrative that's just kind of uh, you know jabbed your temple in the past couple of years. It's just like don't really. I feel like narrative is now. Like I actually honestly feel like well he left and I kind of sided with. I've clearly sided with the current warriors, and um, I'm a little defensive towards him. You know, no, I mean not individually. He's a person. I don't know the guy. He's a great guy. Uh, but just in terms of uh, talking about the warriors, talking about Steph Curry, like I feel it. I feel a little defensiveness in that particular moment. I'm like you know, it was a privilege for you to be on the team for a couple of years. You can walk away amicably, but keeps poking and obviously Draymond pokes and everybody pokes but that's what they do so I do appreciate it uh from a certain degree and I kind of appreciate him and I think what happens is those two years really become a thing of there's two rings at least those three years become a thing of their own right um especially as there's I feel 100% different by the way now that I have another championship like I feel at peace with all of it right mm-hmm. uh so that as we get further away it really just will feel like this cherry on top of a great run of time and on that by the way we had kevin durant for three years are you kidding me like that's just <laughs> wonderful history so yeah that's where i am now i think i just talked myself into it yeah, that's good right right yeah it's um definitely wonderful history if you were a golden state fan because oh, it's a wonderful <laughs> it's a wonderful history yeah like hey. you like you don't you don't feel the rest of that talk obviously when you're winning you're winning so you know damn how it how it happens i i, I totally get that because if kd ends up in boston somehow i will feel the same exact way by the way i hated him in golden state though i didn't hate him but i hated yeah. him being in golden state but if there's any way that he can find himself on a non-depleted boston roster now that this is all breaking up like I, i'll take it i don't think it like obviously i have no clue how that's gonna work out or how that's even gonna happen and it's probably not gonna happen for the celtics but yeah i would take it um but yeah as you know i'm not gonna spend too much time on this topic because we're pretty much in the preliminary stages of it Kyrie will opt in and then that'll be his uh, his way to sign and trade because he has a short list of teams that he actually according to Woj or shams it's like a short list of teams that he wants to go to it would be like the uh, off the top of my head i saw the lakers on there <laughs> how about a you know what we're, we're actually gonna talk about that i know you have something there but anyways um the lakers <laughs> knicks clippers heat um i think though yeah that's like the ones that really stuck out okay what would just like preliminary what would like a Kyrie? reunion with lebron james due to your brain after the years of kind of like subtle shots that we heard in the media with Kyrie at lebron and it feels like there's been like a little bit of iciness between those two since they left and we all know how much people how much credit people give Kyrie's career due to lebron basically in that run what, what does that do to your brain him ending up back with lebron for a title run in los angeles not really having followed him around but just that, that feels like a story i could i could see a storyteller video about the Kyrie and lebron thing i just feel like that's like right up your alley <laughs> okay so there's like three three angles here right so we have lebron um is built for a petty environment <laughs> he's built to survive and when he has enough when you when people are are rallied around him enough and have enough energy at the right time, he can get people over the hump. LeBron can get a good or bad team over the hump when they're willing to try, when they put their energy into it, right? Um, Kyrie 
comes along with a lot of things, but but that's the point is that he's willing and he's probably going to be in a position. I mean, we saw, I'm going to get sidetracked here. Remind me of this topic, but I knew, you know, six years ago that it was going to be this type of championship where Steph Curry was really going to cry, right? Mm-hmm. You know where people's emotional flow is in this process, where they can really hit a low and hit a high. It's like you can see these things like a painting. So Kyrie, I think, would be motivated to just, like, mend that relationship and maybe just win, right? He hasn't actually won in a long time, so people start to question it. So I think LeBron is a perfect situation for that. <laughs> Somebody that doesn't have to try all the time, but at the right time, he can just get them together. They can try and actually try at the right moment and stay healthy. That's always a problem. But mm-hmm. then there's from just a Warriors perspective, right? Or a Warriors fan perspective. I love it. I absolutely love this. I've been waiting for this. Of course, we've been waiting for this. We're also, it's like we're waiting for, uh, and it was close for uh, Katie and uh, Russ and, and James to get back together at some point, right? Mm-hmm. We're waiting for these mm-hmm. things to just formulate. Right. Little galaxies. They're, they're orbiting and it's going to happen. Kyrie and LeBron will, they have to, of course. LeBron's a Laker. He knows all about the story angle of this league. He knows where he needed to end it up if you want to write the just the the longest legacy. <laughs> oh, Kyrie coming would be a perfect story. A little subset. LeBron will probably keep playing another five years and write a whole extra chapter. But it's perfect. It's perfect. That's what I think. I agree. I Go ahead. That's it. I just want to see it. Yeah, um, yeah, with the whole, I, re- I remember we did a one of the podcasts we did, we were talking about stories, and so, but yeah, obviously, he understands that angle. However, yeah, like you said, this has just kind of been out in the orbit forever. Uh, yeah, Kyrie and in, in, in the Lakers Photoshop next to LeBron has some, has been like perpetually out there. It's almost, it's almost like NBA Twitter pushes these things to happen eventually. It does. <laughs> it just, right? It like, so, does. It yeah. really does. Yeah, it's like they've been willing it to happen. I really think that when we started seeing believable Photoshop of of jersey swaps, it started to become more realistic in everybody's head. Right, right. And then it's just constant. Like, I can, it's something that a long time ago, it was a big deal if you saw, like, Grant Hill in a different jersey, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you saw somebody in a different jersey, it was mind blowing. Like, what are they going to look like in that jersey? Right. So it's just so easy now. It really, I, I think on a subtle level, it really does just kind of grease the runway for everybody. Just consider it and think about it and imagine it. And once it's in, once it's in your head, as a player or in, just anybody, it's once it gets in your head, you know, you obsess over it. Right. Yeah. Because that's one one that's happening for me right now like that is donovan mitchell to miami i've seen the most perfect oh, photoshops yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world and i just kind of feel like that's a thing but that's I, i'm gonna get to that in a, it later in the summer um no Ky- yeah i'm just sitting here imagining Kyrie and lebron rematch versus steph curry in the western conference finals that does feel like a part of nba history that we need but out of all the yes. teams i think that it makes the most sense outside of all the extra stuff here that's it's kind of funny but also true outside of that I'm just going, uh, and Woj mentioned this in his tweet, or whichever one of them. I, I can never w- remember who tweeted between Woj and Shams. I just credit, right. I just credit both of them. They probably pissed them off, anyways. 
I think one of them said like, yeah, Kyrie has this list of teams, but they're not necessarily interested in him enough to to really go in, you know, to really, really go in and what it would take to get him. However, th- this does fit with the Lakers because the Lakers have the Russell Westbrook dilemma Like they've got to get from under that. If they probably if they want to go on to compete or win a championship, like I can say, I can say and say if they if they're healthy next year. Da, 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 they do this then maybe they can work it out but i still in my heart don't believe that russ and lebron in this role it, it's gonna work out so the best way to get out of that despite the shit that might come with kyrie irving despite the issues that might that might come with that because again like you were just saying kyrie and lebron i feel like they can get that together again they've done it before not to mention that kyrie braun and ad on the same floor is, is that is a nightmare as long as they can stay there as long as ad can stay there that's never a guarantee and as long as kyrie can stay there that's never a guarantee but yeah the lakers have this ridiculous need to to get from under that problem and you know when i look at the, the clippers i'm going why why do you, do you want to do anything in this roster with this roster to get Kyrie? like sure it's fun and the photoshops are fun of Kyrie, uh pg and Kawhi. you get the typical big three photo that's cool but their roster is championship ready in my opinion you don't need to dig in and and deplete that roster and then possibly you know again take the baggage that comes with Kyrie. don't need to deal with that uh, maybe Miami wants something like that. Maybe they want a bucket getter, but I I don't know if Kyrie fits with, uh, you know, the type of attitude that Miami has down there. But whatever. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk down on it if it happened. Um, <laughs> the, the Knicks. I just I don't honestly I don't want to see I don't want to see Kyrie go to the Knicks. Like I just don't feel like it's just rarely anything good happens in New York. I want to see him play some type of meaningful basketball. I, I just I just don't I don't know something about I can't just put in the words yet what bothers me about Kyrie to Knicks if that were to happen. But something bothers not, me about it. it I just know it's, it's not, not old right enough yet. Yeah, there you go. Yes, it's the it's the age. It's that I know he can still contribute to a you know if he's actually there he can contribute to a situation. I just I don't know. Something I'll formulate that thought later. But yes, Kyrie and, and LeBron and AD and then whatever else. Again, the Lakers are not in a good situation whatsoever. They're it's not just Westbrook on that roster. They have to figure out the whole rest of what's going on there with getting, you know, maybe some 3 and D players um and the role players. Like there's no there's almost not like a one size fits all fix for them this offseason so if it has to be getting Kyrie and Braun back together and and them you know just just putting it together the best they can that's absolutely what I'm here for and after that you know, wherever Kyrie goes whether it's the Lakers if we just don't get what we want to go to Miami whatever that leaves KD and Brooklyn and whatever package that he gets or whatever package that the Nets get for Kyrie it would have to be good enough to convince Durant to stay otherwise he is probably out of there too so again this is territory we just we're just touching because you have no idea what a package for Kyrie looks like yet no clue where he actually goes then if it does happen is that enough for KD to want to stay and if KD wants out that's I mean I I don't know I'm confused on what you know KD's motives are at this point because I thought he went to Brooklyn to win a championship that people wouldn't be able to say anything about I thought that was I thought that was his motivation um and whatever else happened in Golden State in his time there and Draymond pushing away whatever I felt like winning with Kyrie was kind of his answer to all of that but then he played a role in recruiting James Harden which would have once again been a championship that people probably wouldn't have respected that much and so I don't necessarily know what the next move is for him what what would you or do you mean whether you care or not like what would you expect to see or what would you be wanting to see from kd in this situation that Kyrie irving leaves are you looking for him to just stay in brooklyn and 
thug it out with Ben Simmons and Kyrie's trade pieces no. <laughs> or <laughs> or you like, yeah, just go ahead and, and, and you know, he and I have no clue what a package for KD looks like. Again, he's on an expensive contract um, and that that just opens like Pandora's box. I It's like uncharted territory. If KD ends up asking for a trade and moving on, I have no clue what to even do with that at all. How old is uh, Kyrie Irving? Kyrie, gosh, he's been in the league since around 20. He's got to be around 30 something, right? Uh, I can just pop that up real quick. Kyrie Irving's 30. Wow, right on the dot. Yep, Kyrie's 30. Oh, man. Okay, so he's 30, right? Yeah. He's going to go, he'll go to the Lakers, right? And Katie, I could see him being like, being an idiot and staying in Brooklyn <laughs> for like one season and it going horribly. Uh, but he'll probably leave, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Katie is a step ahead of everybody, but then sometimes I think he's a step ahead of himself. Sometimes uh, I don't, I don't know what the move there is. I really don't know what, if Kyrie leaves, he's gonna he'll go to the Lakers. Then in three years he'll go to the Knicks. He'll be t- just too old to help, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. That's what the Knicks do. They always find somebody who's just too old to really help. Rasheed Wallace, then, Jason Kidd, back in like 2013. I mean, that was a good Omar team. Sotomayor, but still, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> they get so happy, too, when they win a couple games. It's, it's really funny to watch <laughs> Knicks fans go through the same cycle. Like, we're looking at, like, through it, uh, like a like a snow globe or something, watching them just go through the same stuff. <laughs> Nobody's coming here until they're too old to go somewhere else. It's a joke to people. Nobody's coming to the Knicks. Like nobody's in their prime yeah. is gonna be like, I'm going to the Knicks. No. Okay, so uh I expect uh Katie to leave. Absolutely. But I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna end up. I'm I'm pretty confident about Kyrie. I don't know what KD's move is, and I'm no I'm not even gonna try and guess. But I, I think it will be <laughs> out of Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. And like you know, it's i think that's where most people should be right now because at the moment i think we're all just having fun with kd photoshops and saying oh hey damian lillard needs a championship uh you know kd in portland oh, I forget about him a lot <laughs> yeah a lot. yeah especially after this season and him not playing much uh then of course there's people like me that's like you know reeling off of a championship loss and i'm going okay well if there's any way imaginable you get kevin durant soon like i'll take it uh but yeah no no clue at all I guess the the next question, the next realistic question really is how long does KD take before he ends up asking for a trade? Does he do it this summer? Uh, I, I don't know. There's a whole thing going on in Brooklyn. We didn't and we're not really going to touch on the Ben Simmons thing because there was so much Ben Simmons talk all all season. But um, who knows? Who even knows what he's like after a year off? And he might in the worst case scenario for Brooklyn, he ends up being the, the best basketball player on the team after all this is after all this is over so hey you know what Kyrie Irving ended up leaving Cleveland uh, in 2018 he told Boston he was going to resign with them didn't do it literally a month and a half to two months ago said that he can't leave his man seven that's what that was his words about Kevin Durant (laughs) and I thought at that moment he had and I'm just a fool because he had me convinced like I was like oh okay there's no way he would say that he said that after they were eliminated too so nothing else can happen yeah after they were eliminated he said that I was like okay so nothing at this point nothing can happen that would that would make him renege on that and so if it goes through now this is just uh you know this is just what happens like you i i you know because people were bringing up the boston thing they were like you know Kyrie said this before and i was like yeah but that was at the beginning of the season then that season went horribly so i get that after elimination saying that there's no way he would turn back right and here we are <laughs> this is uh and, and it's a money thing i guess 
Brooklyn's not giving him the contract that he wants. Um, I don't know if the reports of the contract I saw were true, but it looked like a football contract in terms of guarantees and stuff. So, I mean, I, I get it. I see where it came from. But, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say with this one. We will continue to monitor the Kyrie and KD situation throughout the summer because that has a chance to uh, shake up the NBA in a way I didn't think was possible. I thought everything you... you you listen to this podcast, y'all know I thought everything was going to be pretty stable going into the next year and guys were just going to be developing and maybe a small trade here or there. But lo and behold, Kyrie and KD might be on two different teams, which has the uh, has a potential for an earthquake um, for, in terms of shaping the league. Now, we were talking a little bit in that section about Kevin Durant and his time with the Warriors and it just touched a little bit on those championships. I want to know from because like we, like we said you're the fan of the team like y'all were winning that's all that matters like forget what everyone else is saying but i want to know for you what did it feel like in this championship because you've mentioned it a couple of times now what did it feel like in this championship versus the other ones because this was obviously very different it was probably the first finals the warriors were in where both teams were healthy and they i I don't know i don't read odds and all that i don't know if they were favored but it felt like it felt like it was an even match you know guys there's two healthy teams it wasn't a super team it was just like mono mono and they go out and they get it out in six and you can clearly tell how steph curry felt about it i don't think he's cried like that during any of his championships that this was the first time i seen him have that you know that iconic breakdown moment uh but yeah what you know what was that what's this experience like what is the fourth one like compared to one two and three so the the Steph iconic breakdown moment. I don't know which one's been picked out or which picture or wh- which angle on him is, will, will live, right? As the one in the monta- mon- montages. But uh, that is absolutely true. He is horrible at giving moments or, or one-liners. Oh, recently. Mm-hmm. He hasn't given us much, you know? There's no, like, in scream or say this is for you Cleveland or anything is possible he wasn't breaking down on the floor hugging the ball he wasn't doing he, you know he wasn't doing these things he didn't stand up on the on the scorer's table so it's like it had to be forced out of him it had to be so real with him the real emotion uh to give us a real moment right a visible one we can see that looks like we, this must be a pinnacle type moment for him other ones it looks like he's just really happy mm-hmm. you know he's a happy guy this one looks like it means something so um we all felt it like everybody knew it was going to build to that if it happened but uh there were definitely some ups and downs in this process i felt like we got a little bit of everything this season um so it felt full it felt like a real full season where in previous years it's felt just like let's get the regular season done Let's just move on. Yes. And then the championships are fun, um, be, but it's, you know, people are expecting it. People are telling you it has to happen. So it's more of a just defense of yourself. Like, of course, you know, of course we're going to win that one. Of course they won that one. <laughs> this one, you know, it really felt like not even 2015 because there was a point in 2015 where the Warriors were favored. It still blows my mind that people even consider the 2015 team like, inevitable or a thing that was supposed to happen it came out of nowhere really yeah that year people were not counting on any of that but the fact that they got to the finals could be a, a franchise making moment you know it's like one, that one trip your franchise makes to the finals uh your favorite team and we'll always remember it but they there was a point where it turned over and they became the favorites 
So it happened, and the pylon happened quick in 2015, the playoffs, and at the championship time, it was more of just trying to say, okay, we did the thing we were supposed to do. Everybody said you're supposed to do this now at this point. If you don't win it now, it'll be ridiculous. So fighting back and getting to that point where people are seriously doubting you or not not expecting it out of you, pulling it out, uh, it's clearly the formula is better um, and is more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. That's been the type of championship I've spent the last 14 years trying to experience because... 2008 for the Celtics was kind of like the ones you describing like it was cool but mm-hmm. I probably just woke up the next day and I was I was just like all right next because that whole season is expected just Kevin Garnett's there Paul Pierce is there the only super team in the league they were absolutely supposed to win that and it would have been considered a collapse at any point if anything else so it was great to see them win it and of course it was against the Lakers and Kobe so that was that was extra umph to it but I've always, ever since then, everything was like, okay, 2010, really, really wanted to win that one because nobody thought they could with all the injuries and age. Same thing in 2022, even though, again, they might have been favored in in a lot of circles against the Warriors. This would have been awesome to win just because of how the season went. You look back in January and it's a 500 team. Even I didn't think they were anywhere near a championship level squad. I was like, okay, they got to make trades that some things are going to have to happen in the East. So for it to turn around that quickly and then and then going against the Warriors too, dynasty either way, regardless of what people had to say about the last three championships, it's still the Warriors. It's the, it's the golden era. And so I definitely wanted to see uh, them get a shot at it. And, you know, it, it went about as, as well as you would expect once Steph got into that mode, which I'm glad he did. Aside from the, the fandom of it all and wanting to see my team win it, like I'm really glad he did because this is the one thing that I think people kept saying about his career despite everything he's done in his career so far this was like the one thing everyone kept saying is oh lebron's got the 2016 title jordan had tough titles kobe had tough titles and then i think people really wanted to see stuff do exactly what he did just like take command of some shit without a superstar next to him or without a uh you know without a crazy advantage and and you know prove prove that he was of that ilk even though he's I think he's proven it before that, honestly. Like, he, you look at some of the performances he's had on the court, I guess people just had to see it in writing, and here it was. So, it was an amazing final series. And by the way, because we, this is actually something I touched on in the video, you were talking about how Steph really hadn't given you that type of moment yet. And I mentioned in the last video I made that was about the Warriors dynasty. It's something along those lines, pretty much how he doesn't have the like how Jordan everything was like really outward with Jordan, Kobe and LeBron and with Steph, like he has the shimmy and stuff in the dances. But I feel like, you know, he's just not as expressive as him. It doesn't feel like he has his, uh, you know, his yells sometimes and all that. But it feels the type of player he is feels like he's not that expressive. And with that, besides the turning around the I it, it comes to point of the iconic celebration that I guess He's com- he's created. He and I know you've thought about this. I know because it's happened this year. It's the uh, I have so much to say. About <laughs> yes, that. that's why I wrote it down. The night night celebration that I believe he debuted in the Nugget series. I don't know if I saw it before that. I'm just be honest. Maybe you saw it before that, but I think he used it in every series, and he did it in the in the series here. He pointed to his finger. That's also another iconic moment. Yeah, I will just let you take this one because this, once again, is just like a, a storyteller video. Curry has 
literally just spawned. It's like he thought about this before the playoff season started. It was like, all right, this is my thing now. I don't, I don't have, like you said, the Kobe standing on the table or Michael Jordan fist pumping. Like, I just don't have that thing that people point to. Here it is. What has your brain done with this throughout the postseason? So when I saw the, uh, the, 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 the hands, right? The night, night, uh, it was, it was like my mind just like exploded because I was thinking so many things that have to pr go right for him to be able to do that in a game and then to watch it happen every series, because number one, gotta put before the game's over. That means you haven't won yet. So you've got to be confident enough. You're going to win. You got to be confident enough that this shot right here is the one buried them. This, as they say, the dagger, right? This is that shot. You have to know it. And it has to be him who makes it. Somebody else makes it. He can't do it. Right. I wanted to see Wiggins do it. I think he hit, he hit a shot. And I was thinking, man, I would love to see him put <laughs> the hands right. And oh, my goodness. If he would have done that. I always assume that Andrew Wiggins is just mumbling just the worst obscenities under his breath. <laughs> the whole game. The whole game. And that's why he's mostly even keel. But if you just hear his inner monologue, he's cursing everybody out got the worst thing but then you start to see a little bit of it so anyway i feel like i've confirmed that that he has that little bit a little rant inside of him so um what are we going on about here night night uh, celebration stuff and creating his... another aspect of it um earlier in in the earlier rounds jordan pool well steph curry hit a three-pointer and he got fouled they cut to jordan pool and he was starting to do the count to four thing right mm -hmm. and they cut to steph and steph was not doing it Jordan Poole stopped doing it. And I was thinking, oh man, Jordan Poole really wanted to participate in this one. You know, because the fans get to participate. They can do whatever. They can do everybody's celebration. But for other players, you know, he's waiting for it. He had it. Steph didn't do it. You know what? I felt it in that moment. I was wondering, I was like, okay, I understand why he's not doing it. He's been missing some free throws. Anyway, this later in the playoffs is that pretty well seen shot. It cuts to Jordan Poole. After Steph Curry puts up the hands, puts the night night hands up, he's ecstatic that he's doing it. That's how I feel. That's how I feel seeing that because it's inventive, but it's like so situational. It's such a uh, it's such a good um, it's a good framing for his type of game because he could end your game. He can end a game in the third quarter. Good, and you know that shot where it's like okay, it's over. And now he's letting you know. By the way, I know that it's over. <laughs> so. Because you can't, you can't come back from that. If you put, if you put somebody to bed, they better not get up. Yeah. So the confidence in waiting to see how early he'll do it, the fact that the situation has provided itself, um, it's kind of like the Western Conference MVP, right? Thing he's been doing for a while, he's been hitting dagger shots in the third quarter or early in the fourth for his entire career. And you know they're not in the final couple minutes, so it doesn't matter. Um, but now he's putting these markers on it, so we have to look at it. We see them, and they become iconic, uh, and we get that, you know, a team can be put to bed in the third quarter easily. <laughs> uh, there's just, there, there's a lot behind that. There's just, because he mentioned in one of the interviews, I think it was on TNT, uh, they have Isaiah Thomas, who loves just starting shit, right? <laughs> uh, God, Isaiah Thomas, then Steve Smith, who just is just still stoic, but then just like, 
as some crazy ass joke from a 25 years ago he'll bring up it's a very weird crew and they bring a lot of things out of people they somebody was talking to steph about it and he credited somebody for coming up with the idea i got the guy's name but he was like oh thanks to so-and-so for you know coming up with that i was thinking wow is that how this works like is there a pitch meeting how are they getting this one in there how does it get to him and did he instantly say that's the one i mean is it like those espn commercials it really feels like what they're pitching celebrations and it's got to be casual and i get it it's amazing that that is clearly a part of it and can bubble up and become so memorable just like that so uh it was clearly just a simple idea he had the guts to do it at the right time and now we have it yes right it's, it, it'll go alongside all the other ones so he's finding a way and i saw this little picture this little uh um there was like a I was scrolling through a lot of pictures of the highlights from the Warriors season. And a lot of, most of Steph's, like in terms of photos, the ball has is nowhere to be found. Right. And I was thinking, is that weird? Maybe you can help answer that. Is that weird for most of somebody's, at least photo highlights, you know, the most important part or the most expressive part or the most exciting part to just have nothing to do with the ball? Like the ball is gone. It's way in the background. You know, if he's turned around. But it's usually the celebration or some face afterwards. For you know other players, I feel like the ball's closer closer to the actual highlight. So I think that's that might be unique about what he's doing, what he's leaving his mark. Right, right, yeah. And this is that you know, that's his thing now. Like for however long his career goes, I I absolutely don't think it'll just be uh, exclusive to this season. Even though clearly. He and the Warriors set out on a very specific mission that was accomplished. Could leave it and let it be exclusive. Like, this was a season. Draymond started it, which we're about to talk about him next. But Draymond started this season literally like five or ten games in saying, don't let us win a championship. Because, yeah, the same thing in mind. Like, this is this will be a different type of one. This will be a different one. It's a comeback story. It's, um you know, it's even kill. It's the one that people said they couldn't get. So Draymond from the very beginning kind of like framed this season in a certain way. And it would be interesting if you never saw it from Steph again, but I highly doubt it. Like that that's his thing. Now he's taken Instagram pictures with it. It's been all over his story. He did it in the locker room, like after the check. Like that's that's the thing now. He's right. got it. He's got to do it. Like next season, whoever they eliminate in the first round, it, it has to come. Hell, I'm not sure it's exclusive to the playoffs. You know, keep it. Are you going to keep it in the playoffs or are you going to do it during a regular season as well? Are you going to put somebody to bed every game? They win 66 games. <laughs> well, like you said, though, he's got to he's got to be the one to hit it, though. So very I'm going to I'm going to track how many times we see night night next season, like in the regular season and the playoffs. I'm going to just have like a whiteboard and draw marks for everyone because I, I definitely it's become a thing now. And it's his whether people like it or not. Some people said he's forcing it, whatever stuff. I wanted to see stuff shit talk. I wanted to see stuff shit talk. I wanted to see him, and he's done. Yeah. It. He's he has shit talk before again. He's turned around while the ball has been in midair and looked at people. Like he's he's done his things, but this one I feel like is a lot more visible, and it's one that when you Google it, it's gonna it's gonna be the iconic thing. It's gonna come out like stuff celebration. There you go, night night. So that is uh, that's his, and it's unique. Like you said, you're talking about guys who have the ball or whatever. I haven't. I've never actually really looked into that. However, this is definitely more iconic than. I mean, it's it's a it's like Westbrook hasn't had 
that much success in terms of like championship level stuff but the rock the baby i mean he made that thing his uh, it's not the same it's not the same level of celebration or anything but we think rock the baby you think russ even he had one so uh this is good for stuff man good good for stuff i am very much wondering what you think since we were talking about draymond like what does it look like for draymond going forward because at the end of the day he did what champions do there was the last two games of this series I think up to that point, in my opinion, he had not played good. He had not played great. He'd almost, he'd almost been a negative for the Warriors at a certain point. But he came out in the last couple of games, had some very key plays, pushed the ball when he needed to, ate up space and got it and created those 2v1 situations. Um, and then in the very last game when I knew it was over, it was because he was hitting threes. I was like, oh, okay, this is the, you hell, you, it's in your name. It's a storyteller, right? Basketball happens like a story sometimes. And that first Draymond 3 went in, I knew, I knew it was over. It's like, there's no way in hell they're not closing out a, a game where Dre started hitting his shots. That's especially it's their closeout game. Yeah, th- th- this is theirs. But again, like this was a overall not great series for him, but he played his part that he used to play. Uh, it's been a thing for years now where the shot just hasn't quite been there, which made life very difficult to start this series for Golden State, I think. And I'm wondering now with the young core that you guys have developing with this this old core that's still here like what do you think it looks like for Draymond in these next couple of years hell even Steve Kerr had to he he went a while in this series before he finally kind of caved in and managed Draymond's minutes I think it was game four was the first time you actually saw Kerr just say all right you know what we're gonna have to bench him in this moment he's hurting us right now um it took him a while to bench a guy that he's won championships with and that he's leaned on like hell he probably would have won finals MVP in 2016 if if they ended up winning that series yeah, what, is it, what does it look like for Dre going forward? Because y'all are still competing for championships, I'm assuming, after this. I, I don't know why he doesn't have another three, three good years, three productive years. I mean, obviously, you cut minutes or, or you know, you get um, utilized a little better as you get older. But it's like uh, he, he, there's, there's the amount of things that he does out there. But I've included is how much basketball is about confidence <laughs> and you discover that clearly it is such a mental game i mean i don't which game was that where he came out and just basically bullied the entire celtics uh he came out and it was like it was just an attitude or a shift to see how you can mess with individuals thought process whether he got to their head or not he just became a present thought in to in each individual beyond just what he was going to do with the ball or right. not. So that's all you got to do, right? Once you get in their head, it's just an extra thing they got to think about or they're concerned about or they're worried about saying something back. Now you're caught in a whole damn conversation, right? With Draymond Green. <laughs> just what are you going to do? And you know there's mics everywhere. Like you're going to back down. No, you're going to put all this energy out. So it's just draining people. And he just does that. You know, whether I was putting this little reel together all the times Grant Williams ended up on the ground, (laughs) but he goes to the ground a lot. But then all the times Draymond and Grant together just collapse and rolled on the ground. I'm thinking that takes a lot of energy. Draymond's doing that with everybody. You know, I mean, they're takedowns, fouls. I don't know what, what, how you want to categorize it or if you're a fan of it, but it is draining. So, I mean, I try my best to avoid the same old things, but just does so much more that just doesn't show up. And I think it's important to some degree that you just keep, you got to keep that, 
at the center somehow over the next three years. I think three years. That's all we got. Three years. Um, and also the the future never works out. <laughs> that's true. Like, we got the young guns. <laughs> we got the young core. Guess what? As soon as Steph Curry's gone, they're gonna end up like the Spurs. Like, <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> yeah. What do you expect? Like that's what that's the thing. It's Steph Curry. Everybody else, you have to have a good team to win. So there is a perfectly formulated team that obviously moves back and forth. You know, and it changes through the years. But built for him to lead. Mm-hmm. But if he's gone, like great, I, I can't wait to see Moses Moody and Jonathan <laughs> Kaminga just like what flame out in the first round. I I will be at that game but i don't expect them to do anything insane like they'll be like okay great now we still have a shot we don't have to suck now right that's how i feel every time because they keep selling the young core over and over again whether it's just a couple pieces i mean i can i I sometimes i don't know if i was the idiot when i thought jordan bell really was it that was jordan (laughs) you know back back patrick Patrick O'Bannon was that was that guy's name? Patrick McCall. Right. Uh, this is a while ago. The, just oh, every oh, time okay. there's somebody, Anthony Randolph. Uh, but every time there's somebody, Patrick McCall. You said it, yeah. They just put so much onto him that we just go along with it, and we've seen so much flashes, so many flashes from these the the young core. Uh, I think they'll be fine. It'll be a fun time, but I don't expect this like crazy momentum that just doesn't stop breaks through to some other dynasty like what do you t- what why would that happen <laughs> I, why would there be a dynasty and then an immediately afterwards another dynasty i guess so, okay it feels like the just hope doesn't... yeah and you're right that's that's a funny quote that like the future never works out like it always does it nine times out of ten does end up different than we than we expected i guess the hope is that steph and the and some of the core at least hang around long enough for somebody to i'm not gonna say be the next Kawhi leonard because i don't i don't know that that's there but i guess it's the it's the hope long enough that you know the next star can be raised before steph retires and then they don't have to suck i guess is what that's the way i look at it anyways is for me me personally i don't look at it as a they're just going to continue winning right after that but one thing the spurs had going for them before uh Kawhi broke that cycle was they never had to rebuild like they, they just had the three guys there and they kept on rotating pretty yeah. much like they're rotating around stuff and then oh hey look they got Kawhi Leonard and so once everyone retired it was idea of oh well Kawhi and another star will carry this now they won't even have to go through a tanking phase so I guess that's the hope for everybody with the Warriors whether they get a Kawhi or not is that those young guys have raised up enough by the time Steph hits the rocking chair that they can still be in that like what top four in the west or whatever and they didn't even have to tank for it i guess that's kind of uh where people well that's where i go with it anyways because yeah like one step leaves like reality obviously will hit that's an all-time uh floor spacer that's you know not just gonna exist afterwards so it obviously won't won't be the same won't hit the same but yeah i, I guess that's pretty much where it is who knows what kaminga is actually going to be Still don't have any. I have no intel whatsoever on what a James Wiseman looks like in the future. I haven't given up on him. I just don't. I just don't have a clue. Um, Moses Moody looks cool, like you said, in the in the G League. Some of the work they've done in the G League this year, like it's all cool stuff. But who knows what to actually expect from it in the future? Um, part of that old core that you know still here for now, and 
the last before we get to the before we get to the end here because i have your last topic you have a video called clay the option topson and i was just wondering did you see anything that that created more thoughts throughout this playoff run throughout this final series specifically because clearly like he's not and i don't think anyone could have rightfully expected him to be the old clay thompson like all of it the one that you know was was consistently you know number two or number three or whatever like shot wasn't as consistent he doesn't have the same job on defense anymore yet he was still there like when they needed him like it, it, there's certain points in this series when they needed a clutch three you I mean if he wasn't shooting well that one went and you know it still swung the momentum of the game it's been a while since i've seen the clay the option video but yeah. i am curious while this series was going on while clay was um you know evading marcus smart's flop attempts and hitting the the three that likely put game five out of reach were there thoughts that you had about clay thompson and and his comeback off of two like career threatening injuries clay okay so clay thompson right this guy uh has been i mean it's almost exactly what I don't want to seem like I, I knew what was going to happen, but it's kind of exactly what I expected to happen, at least through the process. And there's like two points to explain him to me uh, now. Uh, there's a press conference that they did after a game and somebody said to Steph Curry, he was at the podium, he was up there, and they said to him, you know, Clay was here earlier. He said he played today. He played angry today. And then... Steph like made this face like, oh, Clay said he played angry today. And then he was really curious. He was like, well, why did he say that? <laughs> and the guy re- repeated, you know, something. And then Steph starts making kind of excuses like why he might have been angry today or just in general. But it honestly looked like Steph was concerned at, oh, he played angry. He's angry. And of course he's angry. Like, that's what he's, he's pissed, right? He's mad about everything. And he's not faking it when the whole... 75 thing happened he wasn't faking that he got felt slighted he believed it and he was mad about it and what do you do when you're just simmering in that you're thinking about what you're going to do when you come back all the things you're going to do you people should genuinely be scared of him next year after he has a whole summer of being uh kobe clay you know <laughs> like he just putting up 22 shots a game and mid-range step backs turn around whatever it is like he's gonna he'll get it like is this probably the second greatest shooter in the history of the nba figure out how those moves work especially when he's able to jump because the man can't jump right now he's a dunker at heart and he tried to dunk a couple times this year after he got that first one off you saw his confidence just go down right each time um so, and he never tried again. He never really tried after that. He, he had a couple of easy ones. His dunking narrative is a whole separate thing. <laughs> uh, he was mad and he came back and he put up a bunch of shots. And, and later in the season, when he was back, Steph Curry said, Clay Thompson, I don't know who was retelling this story, but he's, uh, Clay Thompson looked down because he was missing his shot. And Steph Curry said, Keep shooting. You're Clay Thompson. That <laughs> was. Like, yes, like he's already a thing. So when the story kind of starts eating its tail, right? He is a thing. Clay Thompson is a thing. 
Clay Thompson, the man who's out there shooting, has to figure out how to, you know, become that guy again. And you know, then, then, worst thing in the world to put even more pressure on this poor man who just got back from a thousand days not being able to play. We, we just saddle him with this game six Clay narrative, right? <laughs> and then yeah. he's so juiced about it, he takes it and puts it on puts the cape on he puts it on himself the outfit and he's holding up six in the game and it's like he's living in every moment at one moment you know how can you be game six clay like, that's a retrospective thing it's a thing that we look back upon and we said oh look he's great in game sixes but for it to, it to be in the moment like oh it's game six clay time like he's a like a werewolf or something or he's <laughs> the hulk like this is when he turns, he changes today. It's like that, the pressure, that's a horrible thing to do to a man who just got back. All that, you know, the whole packages and they ask him about it. And he's talking about, watches YouTube videos. <laughs> sparked my new goal, which is I need to be at Clay Thompson's house watching Clay Thompson watch Clay Thompson highlights. <laughs> that's my life goal. I need help. Gosh, I want to just watch him watch highlights of Game 6 Clay. I just want to see the stare in his eyes, like, because he said something on the podium, which was even crazier. He said, before he said, holy cannoli, he said, it's crazy to watch it in real time. And I'm thinking, my God, you are such a passenger, Clay. Like, I get it. You just had your body betray you for multiple years. You don't think you're in control. You're back there. I get it. You know, you're like, there's a, a, a step back and you're just watching a little bit of things. And he says, like, Crazy to watch it in real time, which means you've been watching a lot of it in videos, Clay. So you've been watching a lot of that, and now it's happening, and he's able—he's like analyzing it as if he's watching it. And you see that really happening, and it's it's just interesting to kind of take that little ride with him. Um, but all the anger and all the, the uh, inconsistencies and everything, it's just built into this, and we're seeing it. You know, we're going to just see him come back and just become clay again or even just come back and suck again it was gonna be turbulent he's just he's that guy who kind of taps into certain moments and then he explodes right that's what your your bet is when you have him happened 38 times a year uh anyway that's clay yeah that is clay i i can't remember which game it was um because the maverick series i'm pretty sure it was five games the series before that i guess it must have been memphis <clears throat> where he held six fingers up at the crowd like four oh, games yeah, six, yeah, yeah. which was like a super interesting thing to me because I, I, I didn't know how much it i don't know i just didn't know how much it fit in the moment but yeah like you said he was playing into it it was uh, horrible <laughs> but I, i'm fine with it now i'm okay with it now but in the moment i was like oh no clay yeah because it was cool because yeah, it was cool because like he never acknowledged it before and you know now he that he's back really acknowledged it yeah, with the with the six, he'd never acknowledged it before that. That I can at least not on the court, anyways. It was just like, you know, I'm, I'm Clay and I'm here to fuck your shit up in Game Six, basically, and you know, go home. And so that was a that was definitely an interesting time. But yeah, I'm I'm super interested now in what happens going forward because that was the other interesting part of the championship to me was that 
it was you didn't know which clay you were getting from game to game. It was literally a roll of dice. You didn't know if he was going to hit the you know his first couple of threes or if he was going to miss all of his wide open shots. As you were saying, a lot of the mid-range game that he's really developed since 2019, a lot of that just wasn't there. Those little one leg floating shots he does, a lot of that just wasn't going. And so just very interested to see if that ends up going next year because it's won a championship where it wasn't. And so like you get that back, they're just as strong as ever. And that's going to be very interesting going into the 2023 nba season to fully wrap this up i hit you up for this podcast i told you i would write down some topics and one of them you said was like all right cool and as long as we get to mention once scott anderson and damian lee damian lee never gets mentioned for the right reasons on twitter and once it's gonna really doesn't get mentioned at all so i have no i i'm i'm just interested like as a you know you're the warriors fan what did you want to get out about JTA and Damian Lee? Because Damian Lee is is pretty much he's a meme. Like he, you know, he's a meme amongst amongst NBA discourse. <laughs> meme amongst men, yeah. <laughs> meme okay, amongst men. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, so I, I got to do this quickly somehow, but um, and I may need help getting back to it. Uh, the tangents are strong with this one. So uh, I'm used to work a long time ago doing audience stuff for Late Night with Conan O'Brien, right? Mm-hmm. And I like really started following him a lot more. Um, anyway, so years later or soon after, he the whole Late Night things, which was a big deal back in the day, mm-hmm. happened where he was supposed to get the big time slot, Jay Leno, and then Jay Leno was like, nah, I want it back. Then it was like this collective understanding that um, Conan has to go somewhere else now. He can't just take his old job back because he's decided he's in, that's too little for him. Um, on he moved on to some like TBS or TNT or something, and like, you know he did fine. But the idea of going back to your high-profile job or taking a step back is almost unheard of. Like once you reach a level, going backwards once you're towards the top in the the, the top of the top, that you don't do that. Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee have a legitimate shot at helping this team over the past couple years. I mean, Damian Lee, within every discussion Jordan Poole was a part of for the preseason, the first couple months of the year, of the season, he was there. It was Jordan, oh, God, gotta look out for Jordan Poole and Damian Lee. Like, they <laughs> can score. That was a thing. I remember Charles Barkley said Damian Lee, and I was like, wow, he really is making an impact. He used to come in, he used to hit two, three quick shots. He would never really miss. Obviously, you, he does, but you just wipe that out. <laughs> and that was the feeling, right? But he got injured. Man got injured. I don't know what the exact timing is, but he got legitimately injured and had to rehab and come back and figure it out. Everything had changed when he had come back. That's a tough deal. On Scott Anderson, his narrative is tough because he starts off and everything about him is hopeful. Everything about him is like that's we love this guy. The NBA loves him. And, you know, they're they're nominating him for community assist awards already. Like, you know, that's how you know the, the people around like these guys. Like, let's bring him in. I think GP2 got one recently. And like, okay, yeah, these are good guys. Then the team got better, they changed, and he just kept missing his spots. So he stopped playing as much as he was. He had a couple of really good dunks. They were pretty amazing. And I looked back at him recently and he got invited to the dunk contest, right? So this guy who's a nobody and he's a first, the first Mexican born uh, NBA player to win a championship or 
to start games. I'm not sure what uh, the extent of it, but he's got some notoriety and he's got some some worth, right? Some history, and he's beyond just the court. And he is actually getting better. And now he's invited the dunk contest. And oh my God, it's the worst <laughs> dunk contest in the history of the, any contest. It's any, that's just so any contest. bad. Is he is directly tied to the worst thing the NBA's put out in years, and at all levels, and they, I mean, they embarrass him in the post interviews. It's like, are you ashamed of yourself for winning this trophy? Like, this is so he's part of that, and then now everybody knows him. People who didn't know him are just like, first association, he's a joke, hmm. and then he comes back to the Warriors and he stops playing even more. He used to be getting some minutes. Now he's not getting any run. It's tanking. And then the Warriors started not playing well. I'm thinking, oh my God, Juan, you've gone over this whole arc. It is tanking right in front of me. You're going down with this. It's all because of the dunk contest. You should have never said yes to that. (laughs) So then you notice, and every time there's a squabble, every time there's an altercation, Juan's always there. He's starting to feel his rollout. He knew he was an enforcer. He knew he was somebody supposed to like get in people's faces. He knows that. He really starts going all in on these extra things. You see Damian Lee, who was already extra. He was going in on all of his two. And it just built this little cheerleader culture between them. And I honestly think it I, it helps. So as their careers tanked, their basketball playing careers, they understood that, listen, this is the potential world championship team. And there's like 15 of us. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we don't play. This is the biggest thing that will happen to anybody you've ever known. You know, this will wipe away, wipe out any story you've ever known from any of your family members. Is winning a championship on the Warriors. Like, are you kidding me? And they understood that in the moment and they weren't salty about it. They weren't short-sighted about it. And I think that those type of people are important uh, to a championship team. You've got to have those people just go out and they understand they, this, out there on the court may not be the spot for me, but it will do anything. The first person out on every every timeout, everything. I mean, it's almost like there's a manual. You've accepted this role on the team. Here's what you need to do. So it's incredible. And I think that those kind of guys uh, are important. Honestly, uh, even the the aspect, the idea of having an old guy on your team, you know, Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam, yep, there we go. <laughs> Andre Iguodala effect, you know, like an old guy that's not just on the coaching staff, but could literally suit up if you had to. Mm-hmm like almost a threat <laughs> no i can go out there i can still technically go out there so it's different <laughs> mentally for a team yeah yeah no, for, for those for those of you listening to the pod it literally just cut out uh probably for the second time but it's all right because we're pretty much at the end the one toscano is specifically the one where i see that with because at a certain point yeah it really did feel like he was legitimately an important part of what they were doing on the floor you know throughout yeah. the season and all the story stuff was coming out like you said it's like how hard he had to fight for that contract and then you know digging back in from the g league and how he's always had to fight and then you, you get all of that glory and then like you said by the end of it i was like oh wait yeah once it's gone once upon a time like he was he was here he was a thing he was an important thing for a golden state but yeah every team does absolutely need that i think i don't know can't can't read these people but like one on his face, you could tell he's totally satisfied with it. They mean Lee just doesn't seem that expressive in general, so I don't know. But JT was like, "Hey, you know what? I came in, did my part. Like you said, it's a champion on the Golden State Warriors, regardless." And um, yeah, you know, great story for both guys, but specifically for JTA because 
he he avoided becoming the meme. I think with Damian Lee, it's just yeah. Uh, this is this is my chat. I, I said chat like I'm on Twitch. Uh, people listening to the podcast, y'all know this is the moment. Everything in life is optics, and because Damian Lee is married to, would that be his stepsister? He's married to. Yeah. 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 So because of that, like he's he's the he's the easy target, and that's just kind of how that happens. And so JT, meanwhile, completely avoided all that, which is you know it's cool. Like it's never necessary to slander, but bars are going to be gotten off regardless. This has been fun. Per usual, um, Golden State is the first one to kick off the offseason. Felt like it was appropriate to you know, kick off the offseason with a Champions podcast. We will see where go. it goes next season for them. Uh, that you know, Offseason hasn't even started yet. We haven't even gotten to July, so we'll see what happens with like an auto porter and whatnot. But regardless, as we said, the core is there. Steph is still there. Clay... People were calling him. Uh, you started to see the the signs of people calling him washed at certain points in the run. I was just going, yeah, no, you can't have any talks like that until another year from now, at least. He has to go through a full year of, of having been back because to come back in his first season from those those two injuries and go all the way till June, like just off a rip, I think that's that's probably going to be an underrated part that people don't even mention. So. There's definitely mm-hmm. room for improvement there. And yeah, the 2023 season, I'm already looking forward to it. That's why I'm really looking forward to these off-season podcasts because this, like you said, at the moment, at least at the moment that Kyrie and KD haven't been traded to some to some team and built a super team, everything is just still kind of lateral. Like the Warriors are really good, obviously. They've proven to be better than everybody this season, but guys are going to come back healthy next year. Clippers are going to come back healthy Lakers hopefully retooled, you know, God willing that Kyrie trade will happen and uh, we don't have to watch another year of just pure sadness in L.A. because I got tired of talking about it throughout the season. So (laughs) see what happens with that. Nuggets will come back healthy. I'm pretty sure there will be moves from teams like the Miami Heat and the 2023 season. um, It would be the Warriors trying to repeat on top of this, which at this point, I think everyone just kind of feels like whatever they do now is extra. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but after four titles in eight years and then winning one like this they've they've accomplished everything there is to and now it's just if they can do it then they will or they'll keep trying to basically it's not as important anymore you always try to win obviously but they've done everything like the golden the golden era that they set out on the dynasty mission that they set out on from like 2016 i would probably say like it's it's been complete so yeah i know you said you don't say we much or anything like that um you know try not, not to yeah that's still a, that's i guess that's still a, a a younger fan thing like you said before we got on the podcast you said you're in your uh what was it honey look at the bushes era <laughs> you <Yeah>. said <laughs> uh, my wife and i we purchased a home and i caught myself the other day i was looking across the street and i looked towards my wife i said have you seen helen's bushes <laughs> They are bright red and they're beautiful. And I understood immediately that I was old and I was a, a homeowner <laughs> because I said, look at Helen's bushes. And it was such, it's such an era. It's a moment, a time stamped moment in my life when they came out of my mouth. In all seriousness, when my wife looked, looked at me and said, I've seen them. They're great. I knew we were on the same level. I could both 
Oh, that's that's great. Speaking of which, like that, that's where you are. I'll I'll join at some point in the next decade. But uh, I am glad I'm glad you brought because you reminded me to (laughs) or don't. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what the way things are. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, just um, you don't have not to put you on a spot or anything. But are you still going to be doing YouTube at all? Like, are you still going to be making those? those crazy films that you were you were doing over the last gosh i can't believe six it's really only been about four years i guess four or five years but or have, have you have you retired i've never just asked you but well, I, if you don't have an I answer never, then i never stopped making videos that's the thing i never stopped making videos i just stopped finishing videos that's ah, I, I see so uh the question is um when not if because everything that i stare at occasionally just needs to get out including our current projects. So I'm taking this off season as the NBA storyteller season, whether they're going to be parts of things or full things, I'm just going to flood the, uh, flood the algorithm with stuff and, and stuff that's old too, which is kind of interesting. I was looking back at some stuff in the bubble that I never, never released. Oh I, yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. We need that. So mo- <laughs> moment of just just like distress just you can see the just beat down face right right absolutely now that's that's absolutely content that we will need because i haven't started i feel like i haven't had enough distance between me and the bubble yet to start doing retrospectives or anything but i absolutely will that's that's a time in life in general that's worth looking back at it's like the twilight zone i never think much about it but uh yeah no I, i will absolutely be looking forward to it I'm sure you know people who watch this pod. They know who you are, and they remember a couple of years ago when you know you were. I guess I guess that's kind of when you really started when the algorithm picked you up. Anyways, they remember seeing. So definitely looking forward to that. I check the channel every now and then. And I'm just like oh, I hadn't seen one in a while, so figured I'd ask. But yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the pod once again. Um, always a pleasure. At this point, I'm talking because I I don't know if your call has cut out for a third time or not. And it very much might have. So if it has, which it does appear that it has, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap up the pod. Then we'll talk <laughs> after or before I hang up the call. Uh, guys, this has been the Domcast once again. NBA Storyteller. Uh, we did pods way back a couple of years ago. And so figured this was like a perfect time to, to have him on. And if y'all have a YouTuber or personality or such that is a fan of a team, uh, and you think it would it would be worthy to hear their perspective on their team and their season and what they're going to do going forward and all that. Be sure to like hit me up in the DMs mostly. It'll probably get lost in the comment section. So, uh, yeah, just let me know. Appreciate you all watching. Once again, we are kicking off the 2022 offseason. Summer League will be coming up. Drafts. I might have a couple of draft things and hopefully some trades. Be sure to hit the like button, comment, sub rates once again don't know if the stars actually do anything but it's always nice i will see y'all on the other side